Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Anthony Davis is on quite a heater these days. How does it change the way you think about his long-term future in L.A.? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free. It's never behind a paywall. And Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go uh, and celebrate and 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 engage with this play-in caliber team, Andy, that is in the top 10 um, and uh, with over 13,000 subscribers to that channel. Um, really fun responses to... Uh, to our show for Wednesday with Harrison Fagan. Um, obviously, we spent a lot of time on Pau Gasol, uh, which got us and a lot of people on the chat boards thinking about future Jersey retirements and statues and things like that. So we're going to dive into that a little bit as the show goes on. Well, Brian, it, it, just to be clear, and we'll get into this, it did not get just us thinking about it. It got the person we are going to be talking about thinking about it as well. So there you go. Um we are uh, in a situation now, Andy, Andy, where Anthony Davis, who is the person to whom you are talking about, um, is is he's been the topic all year long in every kind of way. Like we judge how he's playing when he's way up. He's obviously this guy who can carry a franchise when he's down a little bit. We question, like, can you keep going with Anthony Davis as your franchise cornerstone can you give him another contract can you uh project out three or four years with him as the the centerpiece of your team um the way he's playing now where you know he is mvp caliber i it got me thinking you know after the game um like what this does for that conversation like how how does this anthony davis impact the way you think about his future because it's not like this makes him invulnerable to injury but it changes the equation of what you're getting if you keep him yes and no i mean the injuries are problematic because injuries are problematic but they become doubly problematic when anthony davis is still playing alongside lebron james who will be in his 21st season next year with a billion miles on the odometer. And as we're seeing right now, because he is out for the foreseeable future, injuries are becoming all the more of a thing with LeBron. And it's only going to increase. It's not likely going to move backwards. So if LeBron is still going to be one of the focal points of your team, which he will be because he's LeBron and because of LeBron's unique skill set, there's only so much you can dial back. Like even, even if, like we talked about before, you've really wanted Anthony Davis by now to have taken the metaphorical baton and be the metaphorical engine of the metaphorical car that LeBron is metaphorically steering, it's still going to be LeBron at the wheel, and he's going to have his fingerprints on a lot. And it's very different when he's in there. So... He's going to need even more help, not less. So 
no matter how much you think what AD is doing right now is sustainable in terms of talent and will to make it happen, the injury question, because it's coupled with LeBron's injury questions and age, makes this just a very difficult question to confidently answer. And in some respects, it actually has nothing to do with his play. Well, right, but no, it does. I disagree with that. And like, look, um, I think most fans in terms of whether or not point, it's viable, I think in certain respects it doesn't have anything oh, to do with it. Oh, I play. disagree about that. But like I, I think for, and I I I think the most likely path and the smartest path that they have in front of them is to take what they've got right now, cross your fingers, and go into next season more or less with the group that they have. But three weeks ago, a month ago, whatever it is, the conversation would have sounded a lot different. Like, do you talk about, um, you know, trying to trade Anthony Davis? You would have been trading him at the bottom of his value at that point. I guess well, until he gets hurt again. No, I'm saying when you did it, th- well, three three weeks, a month ago, he wasn't playing that well coming off an injury. Anthony Davis's value and perception around the league See, a I month did- ago was well, as I low heard- as it could be. Until the next injury, and then it gets lower. You're- Fine, but but the point is, if you're going to trade him from a place of disadvantage, you're going to be trading from a place of disadvantage. Not necessarily. Never... Not if he. But the flip side of that is, if let's say he plays and finishes the season playing like this, if you were, I guess, going to entertain the notion of trading Anthony Davis, it would never get better than that. You're never going to find a better opportunity to where people see what it means to have him. And he's coming off something where you're not trading him while he's hurt. So initially, my thought was, you know, well, um, you know, before you could be trading him at a place of monumental disadvantage, if this goes through to the end of the year and he doesn't suffer some sort of big injury or whatever, knock on wood for all sorts of reasons, I guess you could look at it and say, well, if we were going to pull the trigger on it, like we're afraid of going forward for three, four, five years or whatever it might be, this is the time. But what I think is just sort of fascinating about this question too is like what what is enough? Like if I knew I was going to get 55 games a year out of Anthony Davis, which is a lot of missed games. <laughs> I mean, if I you know, 55 is not a lot of games. Um, but if I knew I was going to get... It's essentially a third of the season. Right. You're missing about a third of it. If I was going to... But, but I knew he was going to play like this. That's a very different question than 55 games where he's playing like a even a conventional all-star because those two things are very, very different. A, an MVP guy versus an all-star um, is not the same thing. And I don't, I don't think you can look at the future the same way um, when, when, you, when you try to figure out like which which version you're keeping, you know, to me, that's, that's what makes this really interesting. I guess beyond the idea of like, if you were, I mean, if you really were that against the idea of going forward with him, theoretically, it's never going to look better than what he's doing right now. Yeah. I mean, again, assuming, assuming it is sustainable between even now and April and the, and the fact that we're even having this hypothetical discussion it, it underscores why it's all so tenuous. It underscores why other teams, even if he's playing at this level, 
if nothing else, would be wondering, hey, why are the Lakers looking to offload him coming off this level of production? They're not confident that this is going to sustain itself moving forward. So we need to have one hell of an infrastructure to absorb it because, again, coupled with LeBron, and I agree with you, by the way. I mean, I would be looking to whether or not you think this is truly a championship caliber roster. And for what it's worth, I don't know if they're championship or not, but I think it's a really good roster. I, I think the work Rob Palenka did between Rui Hachimura and the deadline and where we are now is pretty damn near miraculous in terms of transforming what was a very dysfunctional team into one that makes a lot of sense. But you mentioned like the 55 games of AD at this level. It's a really good player, except you A, you're not 100% confident you'll get 55, but B, coupled with the games you're expecting LeBron to miss, if the timing of this does not work out really well and you don't get those games to basically play out and be available when they are you're you're setting so you're still you're up. still what would you you're still very nervous then about don't answer this question we can do it on the other side of the of the break you're still even with the improvements that they've made very are you reticent how reticent are you um, about going into next year with this group like what would you do would you explore Still, you know, given what you're saying right there, given all the risks, given all that, would you go ahead and explore the idea of breaking up the Anthony Davis, LeBron James core, regardless of what they do this, you know, the rest of the season and, and, and potentially maybe even into the playoffs? That is the question I want you to answer next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Nissan and Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria and the award goes to hey Anthony Davis to put it mildly the dude we are discussing right now has been electric while pushing the Lakers into the play in mix 39 8 and 6 against the Warriors spoiling the return of Steph Curry and then 30 points 22 rebounds against the Grizzlies often making it look easy with the smooth, elegant footwork reminiscent of Pau Gasol, whose jersey was retired that night, but also power and strength, beasting down rebounds for second-chance opportunities or to end a Grizzlies possession. This fierce version of Anthony Davis could be the difference between the Lakers actually getting a playoff spot or missing the play in altogether. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Okay, so... That, given like let's just say the, the hypothetically this is what happens they they play well um they they make the play in they make the playoffs they put a good performance together you know in the first round you know it, you know, it could be against two really good teams that could lose whatever but like this core and those particularly anthony davis is doing this until the lakers are done playing this year you know we whether you know he that's his peak value. Um, the injury risk, like you say, stays the same going forward uh, into next season. We've talked a lot about potentially, you know, the idea of would you want to trade Anthony Davis or look into it? What? How? How would this impact like the way you think about Anthony Davis's future in LA? 
I mean, if I had offers for him, I would at least listen because the injury risks are always there. And if you are in your mind, or potentially, I guess, trading him from his peak value, given where the Lakers are with LeBron and AD and the idea that the LeBron part of it is going to end at some point, you have to at least listen. That being said, though, I, I would look to run this roster back because I don't think they're going to be looking to break things up anyway. And regardless, I think this is as good a roster as they're going to realistically be able to put around LeBron and AD. I think they have a lot of optionality in terms of contracts that they could potentially trade um, to reconfigure things if need be. I think this is about as good a position as it's going to be. And I've said many times since the deadline, I like this roster a lot. If you're asking me if I feel totally confident in it, the answer is no, because we've seen too many reasons not to feel confident in it. Not, not yeah, confident. Not, I'm not talking about lacking confidence in its potential. I'm talking about lacking confidence in its viability. Again, there is a very I, big difference. For me, for me, I would just say that I, I look at this and it, like if, I, if, I, if I thought that this was the Anthony Davis that I was going to get, I would be, because I don't think you're going to get, you know, obviously, look, somebody comes over, you know, offers Giannis for Anthony. Most likely, if you get an Anthony Davis offer, it's going to be draft picks. It's going to be this. It's going to be whatever. You're putting yourself into that place where, you know, potentially entering the rebuild purgatory. Um, maybe the Lakers could spin all those assets into a different star or whatever it might be. But, you know, you're looking at some sort of rebuild. You know, you mentioned the first segment. Like, I would... I would put off the inevitable rebuild, even with the risk, because this version of Anthony Davis is worth, you know, that 55 or 60 game risk. I just, the whole thing was just interesting to me because we've spent so much time talking about, you know, would you like, are, do you really want to go forward with Anthony Davis? Um, in part because the version we were getting wasn't good enough. Um, but this one is, a whole different beast. Uh, and by the way, Andy, I don't think Anthony Davis has any interest in, in, in being traded uh, or going somewhere else because he would like to have his jersey retired just like Pau Gasol. Yeah, um, he said that after the win over Memphis that he wants to be part of that big man lineage. Um, reading a piece from Jovan Buha from The Athletic, that's a huge honor to be up there with the greats, and he deserves it to be up there. The list of big men that came through the Lakers organization and dominated and left their mark, it's not. It's hard not to think about that. Obviously, I want to be in that category, in that group. Whenever my body tells me I'm done playing, hopefully I'm able to come back here and have that ceremony that Pow and the rest of the big men and other former Lakers have had. You know, This is coming at a time when Darvin Ham has been referring to uh, AD as Wilt Davis, uh, Wilt being Wilt Chamberlain. It's cheesy but adorable. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very cheesy. It's very it's, Darwin. It's cheesier than Dennis the Menace, which was pretty cheesy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, LeBron has worked really hard Menace! To, make that one, to make that one stick. Um, but you know, that's AD is laying down that marker of aspiration for himself. I mean, it certainly was not a prediction. Um, that that he'd be up there, but it was definitely a mark of aspiration. I, and I, you know, it's 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 good to hear guys talk about 
building legacies, you know, in LA. And particularly, you know, LeBron, LeBron doesn't need to build legacy anywhere. <laughs> like, you know, he's he is fully made in every way, shape, or form. Anthony Davis is a weird combination of made. Like, if Anthony Davis walked away today, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Like, he is it's like that that stuff. So, but like where you think of him when it's all said and done in terms of like the 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 greatest players of all time and stuff like that that's not set yet um and so you know to to hear a guy talk about building that that tail end legacy with the lakers is is you know i think pretty cool to see um it would be cooler if you felt confident he could play 68 games a season but you know that I, I was still liked. I like hearing that kind of thing from Anthony. I like hear him, hearing him talk about things that require greatness to happen. You know, you know, it's funny. First of all, hearing AD talk about this, it reminded me of how people used to debate whether Powell was even a part of the Laker big man lineage to begin with, not because of his talent, but because Andrew Bynum was the starting center and more of a classic center than Powell, who, you know, he's now represented more what centers have evolved into. But, like, at the time, the center spot was supposed to be the most imposing player on the court, like, other than Kareem, who was sort of his own category of imposing. But Powell was on the heels of Shaq, who was maybe the most purely imposing player of all time. And there was also the whole Euros are too soft to play in America narrative that eventually got disproved in part by Powell. Um so it was just funny even hearing AD talking about Powell that way just because I can remember when that in and of itself was a debate. What I think also, though, makes this really tricky with AD as far as where we are now and him laying out that aspiration, like forget that Powell has one more championship than him, two more trips to the finals with him. He has way more winning than Anthony Davis as a Laker. Mm -hmm. Like Powell was a part of, one 60-win team, two teams that almost won 60 games. Like the only losing season he had was the one right on the heels of Kobe's Achilles tear. You know, Dwight left, Meta got amnestied, Steve Nash had the audacity to not just retire and give up $9 million to benefit the Lakers. <laughs> Remember when that was a controversy? Um, and it was the beginning of the Nick Young era. You know, Can like, you imagine like any, like what human being would be like, you know, who would be like, you know what? You're right. I just, mm -hmm. it, I, I shouldn't take this much. They go <laughs> bleep all yeah. the way off with that. But like, you know, the, and you know, people forget now because, you know, you remember Powell so fondly and Powell is such an incredible person. But, you know, his last couple seasons with the Lakers were messy. You know, mm -hmm. they did trade him for Chris Paul and it got rescinded. Um, they were tr nakedly, transparently, auctioning him and putting him on the block and trying to move him. But, you know, people were too busy hating Jim Buss and Mike D'Antoni to really focus anything on Powell. And Powell's last season, he, I looked it up, he averaged 17, 10, and three uh, with one and a half blocks. And he played 60 games, which for Anthony Davis would feel like a minor miracle. Mm -hmm. So just eight AD is really behind the pace in a lot of ways to get to get that number up there next to Powell's, or I guess maybe next to LeBron's, 
and that discussion well, okay. could be had. That, and e- even though, we'll even though AD, I think everybody would agree, in terms of pure talent, great as Powell was, Anthony Davis is a better player. Than better that. player. So okay. So what you're talking about here is well, Powell's the, been a better Laker. So it's far. where it's I want to go Laker. next. It's this is exactly where I would like to go next. Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Hall of Famers, like, you know, I mean, LeBron. <laughs> I think that's, it's not a hot take. Um, you ready to call that one? I am. <laughs> Maybe one more good season. We'll see. But I, what is their Laker legacy in terms of having their jersey retired? Um, is that something I think, if you ask fans today, do they deserve it now? Um, I wonder what that would be. Um, if you ask, you know, what else do they need to do for that to feel like something that ought to happen? Um, because their greatness aside, like you say, there's a difference between being a Hall of Famer and being a quote-unquote Hall of Fame Laker. So let's, talk, let's ask that question next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a great taste and treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try yourself a Built Bar. The holiday season, it never ends. There's one after another, and they always do damage. And you got to eat a little healthier to offset it, but you don't want to you know, compromise taste because that's the whole point of eating. That's why you got to try Built Bars. With Built Bars, healthy actually tastes great. It's perfect for you know just the resolution to get yourself in shape. But... Covered in 100% chocolate, so that's awesome. Great flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. They taste deceptively like a candy bar, but on only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. That's the good stuff. And you don't even have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've talked about you know ordering the Built Bars at Built.com. Still an option, but you can get them at your local Walmart now, the pharmacy section, or Sam's Club. Just however you want to get your Built Bars, order yourself a box with assorted flavors and enjoy. Um, so uh, let's start with this. If you asked, and maybe we should, we'll put this out maybe for Friday, for Friday's show and come back to it since, uh, you know, Lakers don't play Thursday and, you know, give us a little little follow-up and you guys can engage with with us and, and the program. And we'd love to hear your comments about it too. If you took a pull out now and asked, do you believe LeBron James should have his number retired by the Lakers? What do you think the percentage would be? Um, I think it would be probably 75 to 80% yes. Okay. If uh, same the, question, same question for Anthony Davis. I would say 75 to 80% no. Interesting. Okay. And I and I do think like if you phrased it, you know, let's say they play for another 4 years in LA. Like, you know, obviously time matters here. But like, or do you think they will or should eventually have their numbers retired and all that? Well, will versus but, should actually no, you're right. be different They're, questions. It's just, why? okay, why do you think LeBron would be a yes right now and Davis would be a no? Because they both LeBron won one was, title with the Lakers. Right, but LeBron was the MVP of that finals. He set the all-time scoring record in a Laker uniform. He was particularly instrumental in shepherding the organization through the tragedy with Kobe's death. I mean, like LeBron really admirably put that on his shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. He he really volunteered for that weight. Um, And he's LeBron. I mean, like, yes, and that's what I was going to say. Like, and also, he is the great, I, I think, the best basketball player to ever live. And so, similar to Wilt. And, and was be honest, better. He's, play, 
he's also played more than AD. That's part of yes. it too. Oh yeah, and he's yeah, yeah, been yeah. more available. Yeah, and so, but like I, I compare the LeBron thing to in some ways a little bit like Wilt. Like, okay, were his best days a, a Laker? No, but pretty pretty good. And you know, and and being Wilt factored into that you know that decision. So I agree with you that most people, and we'll see what the polls say. We'll put that out. But like you know, most people would say Anthony Davis. No, not yet. What has to happen for AD? to be somebody that Lakers fans say, yes, that jersey should go up in the rafters. How much more time needs to be spent in L.A.? How much more winning um, needs to happen in L.A.? I mean, there's got, I think, first and foremost, there simply has to be more winning. Like, it, if it, you know, put this in perspective, by the way, too. When Wilt's number was retired by the Lakers, I just looked this up as we were talking, it was 1983. So the Lakers, you know, they had been a successful organization, but they were not yet the Lakers in terms mm-hmm. of everything with the, the, you know, the, the mystique and the prestige. You know, the, that was still in the first half of the Showtime era. You know, they had won two championships, you know, with Magic and Kareem, like, Again, they were successful and they were just starting to really become like a thing that was reshaping the league. But they they weren't quite the Lakers. And the reason I bring that up is just because when you mentioned, you know, Wilt having done relatively less as a Laker, but he's Wilt. If, say, the Lakers already had all of the Showtime championships, you mm-hmm. know, banked and maybe the three with Kobe and Shaq. Wilt could potentially not be as much of an automatic entry. You know what I mean? Like just the idea that it, he's Wilt might not carry the same weight yeah. in 2006 Completely as it agree. would have in 1983. So I, I, I think that's worth considering. But AD just, he has not done enough winning nor been seen as the leader and focal point of a championship team combined with all of the injuries obviously it's not his fault but the you know the standards are really high mm-hmm. with the lakers and even even if you want to say that lebron's stature means there's a certain degree of politics that could affect this with lebron like you know he's lebron james and at one point he's either going to be like a part owner of clutch or a part owner of a team you know, like there, one way or another, you might feel like you need to do this beyond the stuff that he did as a Laker. He's LeBron. AD right. is not likely to have that stature or those politics. So, um, I I agree with you, and I what this and I I, I could we could be I could be completely wrong in how I'm re- kind of reading the crowd here um in terms of what I think the answers to these questions would be because I agree with you I think there will be much more acceptance of LeBron than Davis because I feel like injuries aside LeBron's tenure has not been uh as bulletproof I think I would say as people hoped you know he has certainly age has caught up with him in that way but performance-wise, um, I think it's been as advertised. Like th- when LeBron has played, he has been LeBron, and I think the expectations for Davis 
were kind of different. Like when he arrived in LA, he was supposed to be the sort of ascending player in his prime. And more than LeBron getting hurt, the frustration level with Anthony Davis among fans has always been higher because you also, it's not just he hasn't played. If he hasn't played, but every game he played, he looked like, this guy, you'd be like, geez, it sucks that he can't put a man. Like he's playing great. Like, like you can't fault how, but there've been too many moments where you actually fault the play as well, where it just hasn't felt quite right. And I guess like, if you're a Lakers fan, you, you approach this question the same way as you approach the way we were talking about Anthony Davis's and the opportunity for him to have kind of a redemptive impact on his perception through the rest of this year, the same, I guess, holds for next year, the year following, the three or four, probably in all likelihood, Anthony Davis is going to be a Laker. Probably if you had to make a bet, you know, I would bet that he is going to be a Laker for the next three years before I bet he wouldn't be. Wouldn't you? I mean, he's under contract. He's under contract for two. It means they keep him around for another one out, you know, that he's going to somehow be here after the end of his current contract. I think it's more likely than not. I would bet if were I to bet on it, I'd bet on maybe this the soonest where Anthony Davis could opt out of the final year and they could extend him. I think that's a real possibility that it happens, you know, ASAP from from their perspective in terms of when it's actually allowable. Um, last were I to bet question. on it, AD is going to be here a while. Yeah. Last question I want to ask you. Well, I want like I said, leave us question, leave us comments on the. Um, on the YouTube page at Cam Brothers, and we could bring this up again for Friday's show ahead of the Toronto game. Um, how how much do you think it matters that both LeBron and AD were sort of imports, mercenaries, however you want to kind of describe it? That the you know Pow joined a homegrown team, the the Showtime teams. You know, not everybody was drafted by the Lakers necessarily who was on that team, but they it's joined a group. Grown. Pretty home. No, it was, but I'm saying like guys come in and out like there, but the core, like the, that felt like a team that was well, built I mean, and, 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 and whatever, you know, you go back to the other than, in the sixties, you know, you understand what I'm getting at here. Yeah. I mean, with Showtime, other than Kareem, who before Showtime began, he had been a Laker four or five years mm-hmm. or at least three years before Showtime began. Magic was drafted by the Lakers. Worthy was drafted by the Lakers. Coop, Byron Scott. Um, I, bel- I I think Rambus. Right. The um, core you know, of like, this LeBron yes. AD team, neither one of them had any real roots in LA, you know, to speak no. of. Like, you know, they, and so that all, I, I think that has an impact too on how people I, perceive I, whether or not they ought to be in the rafters. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think people found that 2020 team. I know we when we covered them, we found them really pleasurable to be around. They were very it was a fun, enjoyable, hardworking group, but the championship itself, there's a distance from it because it got played in the bubble and you know there was a separation. This year's team, even as frustrating as they were pre-deadline, you had to admire the way they played hard. They busted their mm-hmm. ass. I think if this team got essentially rolled over, there could be the formation of more attachment from fans to LeBron and AD. But if the winning doesn't follow, 
there's always going to be a mercenary feel to LeBron and AD. Like it's not as bad as say like KD and Kyrie who treated the Nets as their plaything. Like I, I think LeBron and AD have been very serious and professional about what they want to do with the Lakers. But like you said, they, they were outsiders and they were outsiders who essentially controlled their entry into the franchise. That's different than the previous incarnations when it comes to like the 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 championship legendary teams. Locked on Lakers. Anyway, let us know what you guys think about it because I, I when when we started you know hearing AD talking about it and then some of the the, the chatter like where these guys fit in Lakers history is is an interesting question to me um, and in the you as well. Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you go to see the show uh, and engage with us, engage with other Lakers fans. Um, make sure you leave your comments for Friday's show. We'll see everybody on Friday.